Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Spider Mitchell has just been on fire. The Mavericks over the Clippers. Luka's got 70 points in his first two career NBA playoff games. And ho-hum, by the way, we always bring them up last, but maybe we start to put some respect on the Raptors' name. They're 9-1 and one in the bubble. They're the There's been champions. respect on the Raptors' name. Yes. Just want to say that. Yeah, that's fair. And they're up 2-0 on the Brooklyn Nets. Quadruple header today on ESPN. You'll see Jay Will all throughout the day. Draft lottery as well. <laughs> So Long for day. teams like the Warriors, the Knicks, the Hawks, about, the Cavs. Was he talking big, hoops all day, big. man? Let's That's talk a little bit. <laughs> Obviously, Keyshawn. Speaking of Keyshawn, Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin brought to you by Mako. Mako's ready to fix those dents, repair that collision damage, spray on a fresh coat of paint with online estimates, contactless service, and their best price guarantee. Come to Mako and roll out refreshed. Go to Mako.com to get started and find a shop near you. Uh-oh. Better get Mako. We're going to talk to Anthony Lynn, the head coach of the Chargers, coming up at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. But from the NFL, which we've got coming up to a little college football, pleasure to welcome in Mark Rick. You see him now on the ACC Network. You used to see him patrolling the sidelines at Georgia, where he was a two-time SEC Coach of the Year and a one-time ACC Coach of the Year. Did a great job at his alma mater at Miami right out of the gate that got him that distinction. Mark, great to have you here this morning. Bottom line, you coached in the SEC, you coached in the ACC, and those are two of the three leagues that that are still saying we are going to gauge the situation and hopefully play some football. What do you make of it? Well, everybody wants to play bad. I mean, uh, there's a lot of reasons to play. I mean, just, you know, if you start with the student athletes, these guys, they love the game. I mean, there's, you read about the guys that are going to end up being first round picks and the decisions they're making. That's what makes the biggest news, but there's thousands of guys out there that just, love to play the game and uh and it's it's exciting for them to do that and a lot of them are running right into their senior year and hoping and praying they get a chance to play it but then you got the the other financial part that you know whether you would like to talk about it or not it, it's so crucial to not only football across America at all levels but uh, other sports as well i mean they you know most sports are being supported by football and basketball and if you don't have football it's going to be tough for some of these uh, teams to even survive. Mark, how concerned should the ACC be or college football as a whole with what's going on at Notre Dame now and they having to shut down practice? How concerning is that? Well, it's concerning. I mean, you, you got to sit there and say, I, I think it's the toughest on the players. I mean, it's definitely tough on the, on the coaches to plan something. They have to cancel it. Are we going to practice tomorrow or not? But the mindset of a player uh, who's thinking daily, are we playing this season or not? I mean, football is not a sport that you need to go in there uh, double-minded. I mean, <laughs> if you don't have your mind on your business, you're in trouble. I mean, you can, you can go golfing and not have your mind on it and probably not get hurt. But if you go play football with the, with a, a mind of, you know, divided thoughts, it's it's really not safe at all. Mark, what do you think it would take for the ACC to actually shut down football? Oh, man. I mean, just probably just one or two schools uh, within the conference to say we're out. <laughs> you know, I mean, the thing about the NFL is it is one league. It is govern- governed by one person at the top. And uh, everybody kind of usually will fall in line. Not that they always agree on everything, but in, in college you have, a, you know, a, a president at every different university or chancellor, however they want to call it. 
you got Board of Regents, you got you got all kind of people that are in the middle of the decision making process. And uh, you know, even you know, I mean, look at it now. You got five Power Five conferences. Two say they're playing, and two and three say they. Excuse me, three say they're playing, and two say they're not. There's not a whole lot of uh, you know uniformity in these decisions that they're making. Coach, when you look at spring football, if you were coaching today and it was moved to the spring, would you be okay with that? Knowing that by the end of May, June, you got to run it right back in late August, early September. Well, I mean, we do play spring football every year. It's it's not obviously not a season. And uh, I think a lot of it would depend on when football actually started. I mean, who's to say you couldn't start in December and then finish in early March or, or you know, late March at the worst. Then you got April, May, June, July, August. But we're, know, talk, and, but we're talking about maybe, the spring, though, like starting in, I, I don't know, February. Yeah, well, if you start in February – uh, again, you know, you want to start when it's safe to start. I mean, if you you can just say February, hey, we can start, but what if everything's good by December? I mean, well, why not start then? But uh, yeah, I mean, it's gonna it would be very tough to do that without a doubt. Um, you'd have to shorten the spring season and and uh, postpone the fall as far as you could, and probably shorten that season as well to make it work. Mark. Who do you think is going to stand on the right side of history when all this is said and done? I know I'm asking you to take a leap of faith, but is that going to be the the MAC, the Pac-12, the the Big Ten, or is that going to be the other Power Three? I, I don't know if there's a right answer to that. Um, you know, every everybody's making decisions based on what they know and trying to make decisions in good faith on safety. I mean, I think you just got to say – where is it most safe for our student athletes? And quite frankly, you know, being on campus, being tested, being in a place where if something does pop up, you're there uh, around people that can take care of you immediately, that may be safer than than not being on campus and not being in the middle of a football season. And we, we know football is a sport of risk. And, uh, you know, it's a physical game where every time those kids play, somebody could get hurt. They know that. Well, Mark, now is you got that, COVID, is it, another risk. Are kids safer without you got another risk? Are kids, safer, are, are kids safer without students on campus? Like there's all these videos. There's a video of Syracuse. Uh, a lot of these freshmen, everybody was running around. They were partying. Are we going to see yes. more of what we're seeing at North Carolina where kids are going to be asked to move off campus to do parallel learning while teams are staying on campus to actually participate in their sport? I didn't think that would ever happen, quite frankly. But but would you to answer the question? I think it is safer if the other students aren't aren't on campus because they're going to do what they do, what you just described. And uh, the biggest problem football players have is they want to be like everybody else in regard to that type of thing. And uh, sometimes they get a bad rap, like oh, they want to party, they want to this. What? Well, guess what? They want to do what everybody else on campus is doing. And so uh, if there's not that temptation, I think that would be helpful to keep them safer. Coach, would you be okay if college football came back next week and just said, you know what, we're going to shut it down to September of 2021 because we just don't know enough about the long-term effects, which we don't, about the virus. Would you be okay with that being a football coach? Well, I mean, again, if if the people that are in charge of safety – deem that's the way that you got to go, then that's the way you got to go. I mean, we had a hurricane rolling into Miami a couple years ago, 
and uh, it's time to cut bait and to say we're not playing this week or next week. Let's let's get everybody in a safe spot and and then wait wait till it's safe. So I think the same thing is true. You'd hate to see it happen, but if it happens. Uh, life will go on and football will continue, but it won't be the same. That That is correct, Coach. But look at what Kevin Warren has done and Larry Scott out at the Pac-12, Kevin Warren at the Big Ten. They decided to shut these leagues down, and they look like the bad guys of college football right now. And that's one of the reasons that this thing right. is such hypocritical people trying to put it out right. on the football field. Well, leadership is not easy. Anybody who's been in a leadership position understands that you're not going to please everybody, and you got to make hard decisions based on what you know. And they're privy to, they're privy to information, you know, that other people aren't, and they're dealing with consequences that other people aren't. So until you sit behind the desk, you know, it, it's hard for me to have somebody, you know, say what you should have done when you're not even in the arena. And coach, you've been in that arena for a really long time, in the most pressurized of spots in Athens and down there in South Beach. Really appreciate your perspective this morning, and hopefully we'll have some college football to watch. Looking forward to seeing you on the ACC Network. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. Thanks, Mark. Good luck with your show. Thank you. Mark Rick just joined us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, brought to you by Pennzoil Synthetic Motor Oils, who are made from natural gas. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30, and we're going to go A to Z. Some other headlines we got to get to. Luca headlining again. He called it a, quote, amazing feeling to get his first Loader! NBA playoff oh, win. <laughs> he also said he was terrible after scoring 42. So I'm not sure what you could believe after a pregame or a postgame press conference with Luca. Super high standards. By Matt, the way, playoff P was icing down that shoulder, Paul George, after the game. Should we be concerned about that? We'll see. We'll see. The series is tied at one. They'll play again tomorrow night. The Reds broadcaster Tom Brenneman has been suspended and was mid-game for using a homophobic slur moments after the broadcast on Fox Sports Ohio had him utter that slur. Royals, Reds, they came back from a commercial break before the top of the seventh, first game of a doubleheader. Brenneman didn't seem to realize his microphone was on when he uttered the slur. And he actually remained on the air through the conclusion of the first game. And then in the top of the fifth in the second game of the double dip, he apologized directly on camera to those who heard it and listened. And he handed off his play-by-play duties. The Reds later announced the suspension. And in that apology, Brenneman did invoke the fact that you may never hear him talk about sports again on television. And a resolution in a very contentious case between the Toronto Raptors and a sheriff's deputy during last year's NBA Finals, Masai Ujiri, the Raptors GM, got tangled up with a San Francisco area sheriff's deputy named Alan Strickland. Strickland essentially said Ujiri grabbed him and shoved him away when essentially the video now shows it's just the opposite and it didn't happen. And Ujiri essentially was cleared. It also showed Ujiri did not respond aggressively towards Strickland, according to the countersuit. So Masai Ujiri had his reputation uh, besmirched there a little bit, but the video has come out, and essentially Ujiri has been, for all intents and purposes, cleared. Now, one of the big, big, big guys that helped the Raptors win their first NBA championship last year was a guy that Ujiri was very fond of and found 
at Wichita State. Fred Van Vliet, a guy didn't people think he could play in the NBA. Ujiri brought him along, said terrific, terrific player. He was key to their championship. And Fred Van Vliet takes us inside the team meeting where they all watch the video of Ujiri supposedly pushing this sheriff's deputy. They watched it, and it turned out it never really happened. And here's what went on when they all sat down to view it. No, it's heavy stuff, man. It's heavy stuff. Uh, obviously, we're all privileged, and Messiah is pretty privileged in, in his world. And um, you just you just stop and think about you know how good we got it because there's there's people who are going to be in that same situation walking down the street who don't have money to fight the case, who don't have twenty thousand people in the stands, and don't have the abilities to counter sue or you know like how many times do do cops do things like that without the body cam on without arena footage like it's a tough situation so obviously we riding with Masai and you know we, we all have his back and we had it from day one um, but it's just crazy to see you know how things work and it's unfortunate I think that's why we all are in this situation now and fighting for social injustice and, and equality. Now, I know the majority of you are listening on the radio, but if you're watching on television, essentially what the video shows is Ujiri's trying to take out his press credential from his suit as the Raptors are celebrating on the court. And as soon as he sort of puts his hand into his breast pocket to pull it out, the security guard pushes him back. I want to again emphasize that the security guard had claimed before the release of this video, it was just the opposite that Ujiri had pushed him. But if you're watching us on television and you can see it on your phone, the video's everywhere, it clearly looks like it's Ujiri that was aggrieved. The video, again, as Key said, tells the whole story. I was at this game. I saw this happen. Okay? I was at this game. I saw this happen. In real time. In real time. Now, this has been a year plus now where Masai Ujiri's reputation has been that he was the aggressor. I've been to Toronto. I've spent time with Masai Ujiri. He's a good friend. Good friend. He is one of the most classiest individuals Great there guy. is in the front office. Very low-key, has an incredible demeanor, very inviting. There's nothing aggressive about him at all. And it's ultimately the defamation of character for him that gets me frustrated about this, that the video cam had to come out in order for people to recognize and kind of reverse this whole mindset that Masai was the aggressor when that has never been the case. And I just hate that it had to come to this ultimate degree in order for people to see that that's not who Masai Ujiri is and that the officer was actually the aggressor first. I, I was smiling and laughing doing the video because it's just funny. You got caught. You got caught lying with your hand in the cookie jar. The video is right there being seen. And, you know, when it, this all happened, you know, you said to yourself, Okay, he was trying to, much like a lot of personnel guys, players, ex-players, people that are aligned with organizations at championship games, they want to get to the podium or get to wherever their team is at. And most of the time, people have credentials. Clearly, he had the credentials. He was supposed to be in where he was going, but the security guard decided to say, no, you're not going to do it. Now, whether or not he did it because he just thought that Masai was just trying to get somewhere Mm -hmm. or he did it because he was black. I don't know, but he got caught and it doesn't look good. And this is part of the problem that we deal with on a daily basis. And and I know you don't want to get up here and this is not a political show and we're not going to get up here and do all that. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to talk sports, but we also are going to bring light to what goes on in our communities because it's only right. We're not going to run from it at all. And he got caught. And I'm glad he got caught. You see, I have a lot of friends who are cops, and I've seen them de-escalate situations where they talk people down. 
And it's really incredible when you see them do it in real time if they're good at their job. But like my mom has always taught me, my dad too, don't put your hands on somebody unless you expect them to put their hands on your back now. Right. So there was a cop who put his hands on Masai Ujiri first. Imagine if Masai had reacted the wrong way. The narrative had spun out of control already with Masai not reacting. Imagine if Masai had reacted. Imagine what that would have been. All you had to do as many times, even myself, have been in arenas, stadiums and things of that nature, trying to go somewhere. And my past was stuck because it looks so ugly wearing it. It's just like right. I'm trying to be low key. You got to bust it out. Yeah, you got to bust it out where people, the, 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 the event staff or the security police, whomever is there, simply will put their hand out and say, show me your credential. Let right. me. And then that exactly. way you get an opportunity to say, here yeah. it is. Let me do my job. Let me do my job. I mean, you, 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 you can do that. But if you want to be the aggressor in attacking somebody as they're walking up on you and approaching you as if you scared or something, it's ridiculous. This is an interesting perspective from our sports center anchor, L Duncan, who, if you don't know, is African-American and she's been speaking out very strongly on social justice in this country. And she said, essentially what happened with this entire Ujiri situation perpetuates some really bad stereotypes. He got pushed. Masai Ujiri got pushed two times before he finally retaliated and pushed back. And because he pushed back, he was painted by the Alameda Sheriff's Department and by that sergeant as violent, aggressive, you know, evil. This is just another case of a black person being put in their place by a power construct that's able to do that because for the most part, they are free of consequence. But more than anything, I hope this is an example to the crowd that seems to think that if you're successful and you've got privilege, you somehow get a free pass from race. That's not the case, because as we just saw, it doesn't matter how expensive your suit is. It does not matter the cachet that comes along with your title. It does not matter what credential you have around your neck. At the end of the day, too many, you are just another black man having to explain why you are where you are. I'm sitting with two black men, so I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to listen to what you guys You're have to say. You're a minority, though. It's yeah, a, but that was incredibly even, strong for me. Regardless of when you're black white, getting treated that way is right. the wrong way it's to treat wrong, anybody. It's, it's totally the wrong way. It doesn't and matter it, what color you are. And it happens. Experiences, man, you know, growing up in South Central L.A. and, and just seeing things firsthand, understanding certain riots, being there with Rodney King and seeing how things escalated or being out there here recently after the George Floyd incidents and, and now the protesting and all that, just seeing how police react. I see it every single day. So here's my only thing. I also think that there's a responsibility for police policing police. Absolutely. Right. So if you saw the video and people are listening to us on the radio can't see the video, there was another security guard who was behind Masai Ujiri uh, when the first officer pushed him. And I wish that that security guard would have said, hey, excuse me, got in the middle of it and said, hey, this guy has a credential. He is the, you know, ex, you know, uh, chief President officer of, the team or of this team. Yeah. And he has the rights to get on the court. Please need the police police as well. I'm glad you said that. There's a couple of statements from the court filing I just want to mention because sometimes we get caught up in the video and it's very important. And in this case, it completely exonerates Ujiri. But there is some nuance here. This is from the court filing. And tell me what you think when you just hear this. I'm sure it's going to ring for a lot of people immediately. Quote, Sadly, Mr. Strickland's dishonest account of the encounter is a narrative that has become somewhat familiar. A law enforcement officer using their position engages in unjustified violence against a peaceful individual then lies about the encounter by characterizing the victim as the aggressor. I think a lot of people are thinking what I'm thinking, and it might be 
846. But I would also mention this. They said, quote, to be sure, and this is really important, Jay, I'm glad you mentioned this, to be sure, the great majority of law enforcement officers do not conduct themselves in this way. Mr. Strickland, however, has chosen dishonesty over integrity, motivated by greed and perhaps revenge. Mr. Strickland continues to lie about his encounter with Mr. Ujiri in an attempt to support his frivolous lawsuit. So that's just from the court filing, but they did go out of their way to say many of those folks that serve and protect would never do anything. And Zubin, I I just want to clarify this for everybody at home, because I feel like we live in a world now where things have to be so extreme on one way or the other. Two things can be true at the same time. You can have officers, the majority of officers that are good people, Great maybe people. de-escalate people, yeah. and at the same time, you can have officers that maybe aren't as good of people that lie about encounters and that do things and try to hurt people. So they can both be true. No, that's very true. Anthony Lynn had himself about with the coronavirus, and he actually dropped it on the team in their first team meeting on Hard Knocks. You should have seen the look on Bosa's eyes when he said, guys, I overcame it. It's real. We'll go inside that experience wow. with Anthony Lynn coming up here on Key J and Z. But first, my man Key, with a word from our friends from Granger. As you get back to business, Granger wants to remind you that small things can make a big difference, like making safe distance, making safe marking safe distances with floor tape and posting reminders to wash those dirty hands. And as always, Granger is there to help offering supplies and solutions for every industry. That's every industry, no matter where you're at free access to product specialists, 24 seven support safety, recovering guides and more. It's part of their committed help that they will give you. Remember, it's always challenging these times, especially learn more by visiting Granger.com slash Granger.com Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more from the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark. There's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Zubin, I know we have the NBA draft lottery tonight, 830. A lot of teams involved in that conversation for the first pick in the draft. I do want to make everybody aware of a team that is an absolute juggernaut that could pick up a huge, huge addition tonight. 
That's the Golden State Warriors. It blows my mind that they're going to be in the draft lottery, a team that is returning Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green. And you made mention of guys like LaMelo Ball and James James Wiseman. James Wiseman. I'm going to say James Winston. I also want to bring up another name, Anthony Edwards. Georgia. Georgia. Played at Georgia, an absolute stud. Kind of reminds me of a Dwayne Wade-type player, a 6'5", 6'6", guard who is strong, who has a 40-inch vertical. Does Duke have any – they always got a few, but – do they have any quiet ones? Yes, we have somebody kind of related to your family in Cassius mm-hmm. Winston. Jameis Winston, no, Cassius Stanley. Cassius Stanley. <laughs> See, I got a lot of Winstons and Stanleys. Cassius Stanley, good call. No doubt. Let's go to the uh, Shell Pennzoil performance line. Certainly a good call to have the head coach of the Chargers with us. He's Anthony Lynn. You've been watching him on Hard Knocks. He's talked a little bit about his fight with coronavirus. We'll get to that serious subject in a moment, Coach, but I'm sitting here socially distanced, of course, six feet from my man Keyshawn Johnson. A little your over man seven. Key, a little over seven. Give, give the audience here a little uh, – little, uh, Inside baseball, a little relationship between you and Key. It's our first week. We're learning a lot about Key. Give us something good here. Anthony, Maybe make make him squirm a little bit. Yeah, we want the raw good, truth here, Anthony. Good, we want the raw morning, truth. Good morning, guys. Good, good morning. What up, Coach? Hey, man. Good, good to talk to, you, talk to you guys this morning. Um, give me something on me and Keyshawn. Yeah, what do you got? Uh, oh, i tell you what. Uh, I was with Keyshawn in, in Dallas with the Cowboys and and uh, first of all, he's a hell of a football player, competitor, and uh, you know a little bit of a diva, but you know most of the good ones are <laughs> a little, especially at that position. <laughs> but what I learned real quickly, and it's something that I do still to this day, okay, is uh, Sean Payton and I had to develop a box every game on Saturday. Saturday night, we develop a box before the game on Sunday, and it was a Keyshawn box. And and the reason why we had to develop that box is because. Sean told me, he said, if Keyshawn doesn't have enough targets by halftime, halftime is a complete chaos. He's he's cussing everybody in the locker room. He's hollering at every coach. So we had to make sure that we had a box. And these plays was just specifically for Keyshawn. And so uh, I use that box right now. I use that box for Keenan Allen. Oh. You know, uh, I had that box for Sammy Watkins when I was in, in Buffalo. So, uh uh, that's something that I learned from Keyshawn right there. But Anthony, we may need to get that man. box here for the show because by the time we get to hour two, if Keyshawn doesn't get enough reps in, we're all hearing it too, brother. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> man, don't listen, don't listen to him. Uh, Coach, <laughs> how, how are things uh, going? And, and I know that, you know, early on you contracted coronavirus, but you fought through, you got through it, and you relayed that information in a team mm-hmm. meeting to the team. How are you feeling now? Yeah. Keyshawn, I feel I feel great right now. To be honest with you, uh, you know, when you get this virus, you know, it's a little anxiety because, you know, I know it's only killing one percent of the people in, in the world, but uh, you start thinking about that one percent a lot, and especially being African American. So, uh, but my symptoms weren't weren't that bad. I had three or four days of a really really bad flu, and I was back on my feet after a couple of weeks. But um, I just wanted to. You know, uh, I, I believe this year, which team handled this pandemic the best and all the protocols the best, really have a competitive advantage. And I just want my guys to know that you cannot be too careful because uh, I take this virus very seriously, and I still got it. So, um, you know, we just have to be patient, follow all the protocols, not get bored with it, and uh, and do all those type of things, and, and I think we're going to be okay. And, and, and as of right now, you know, we're doing a hell of a job. 
uh, knock on wood, you know, no coach, no player has, has, has been infected. So, uh, uh, but guys are doing a hell of a job of paying attention and, and uh, doing the right things. Anthony Lynn joins us here on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. So if I'm a Charger fan, the one thing I need to know is how does my guy Justin Herbert look? Justin's doing fine. He is doing fine. Uh, uh, the install, usually about that third or fourth day, I catch up with a rookie quarterback, and, and they showed a little bit yesterday. But I got to tell you, I'm, I'm very pleased with Justin. I mean, he's a very smart young man. has a good football IQ, great work ethic. You know, he's six six. He can spin that ball, and for for a big man, he can he can move really nimble. If he if he is the guy, you know, tend tend to be the guy. Coaches like to protect young quarterbacks with great defenses, and you should have a mm-hmm. great defense with the likes of Derwin James if he stays healthy. You locked up Bosa long term. Casey Hayward is there. You bring in you bring over uh, lockdown corner Chris Harris from the Denver Broncos. So your defense mm-hmm. is ready to go. Is that where most of the focus is going to be for y'all this year? You know, a lot of focus has been on the defense. You know, we uh, I thought the interior D line. We got a little bigger in there to try to help those edge rushers because so so many times we were getting six and seven man protection that uh, uh, we weren't affecting the quarterback enough, and so we, we tried to bring in guys we can play more man coverage, and so we've we, we've done some things through the draft and and free agency to uh, to improve the defense, and I, I do want to be better there, but we got to take care of football and we got to take and we got to take the ball away. That's the bottom line. You know, we, we weren't very good at that last year. I think we were 32nd and 31st, and that's just that's, that's not going to win a lot of games this league. So we got to get back to taking care of the ball and taking it away. And But our defense is going to be fine. And our offense with Tyrod Taylor. You know, Tyrod Taylor, uh, he's been my quarterback before, and, uh, and, we, and we had a decent amount of success. So uh, uh, guys on the team have a lot of faith in that young man. I think Justin's very fortunate to have a guy like Tyrod because they're very similar in personality. But Tyrod is a dynamic leader, and that's hard to do for a guy that's an extra, you know, that's, that's, that's not an outspoken man. Uh, but Tyrod just leads by example, and, and the guys respect the heck out of him. And I think Justin's going to be that similar type of quarterback, and he's going to have that similar type of leadership. And him and Tyrod, they've hit it off really well. It's, it's cool to see that mentorship that's going on right now. But, you know, but we drafted a young man at six for a reason, and at some point he's going to be ready. And, and then we got to let him go. But I do not believe in throwing guys in there too soon. You know, I think we do that a lot. I think we get these kids and we throw them in there in their first year and they, and we beat them up in the media. And sometimes they never recover from that. You know, and so uh, I want to make sure that he gets in there when he's ready. And we have the right guy in Tyrod to, to hold him off. Anthony, J. Williams here. You know, I was a little bit concerned at first when I, I, I kind of initially thought that the NFL was just going to try to to burn through the COVID-19 scenario, next man up, replacement kicker style. What are your thoughts on the supposed NFL bubble, and do you think that it could be successful, and how sustainable could it be for a full season? Well, you know, uh, if, 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 if guys really take it seriously and, and follow the protocols and, and uh, you know, just uh, I tell them all the time that, that discipline, that player-led leadership, it's going to show this year more than ever because if, if we can do that, we can limit the amount of exposures that we have to this virus, and, and I believe we can have a season, you know. But uh, if if we don't do that, then and because of our style, you know, and, and, and our sport, we lean on each other, we sweat on each other, we follow each other all the time, constantly touching each other, and those two hours, 
you know, a, a lot of bad can happen if we don't take care of ourselves. Because I think, I think that's the problem, right? It's like, you know, how we're watching a lot of people in our country not take this seriously. You know, what percentage yeah. of the NFL do you think actually would take it seriously? I know it's hard to throw a number on that, but you're around guys all the time. You're around coaches. Yeah. How's everybody else talking yeah. about it? You know, we talked about it a lot early, but we're not talking about it as much now. The focus is kind of shifted to, you know, practice and, and getting ready for our first regular season game. And, and guys are kind of going about business as normal, as usual. But, uh, you know, at the same time, we can't let our guards down. And we can't get bored with what we're doing. I think guys are actually getting used to it. And it's just becoming a different way, uh, just a living. It's just a different lifestyle right now. You know, we test every day. We social distance. We are tracers. You know, we can't get too close to one another. And guys are respecting that, and that's cool to see. How difficult this offseason was it to get guys up to speed with everything, knowing that you didn't have OTAs, no mini camp? Then you roll into training camp and expect for everyone to kind of hit on all cylinders before the regular season starts. Man, that was uh, it was difficult, but I got to tell you, the Zoom meetings really helped. You know, back when we had the lockout, I believe in two twelve. You know, we didn't have all these meetings like like we had this spring and this summer and so the, that that helped a lot but um you know it, it's, it's it's a big difference in, in, in talking about it over video and, and and doing it in real full speed and so guys were a little behind i can tell and and, and it's the conditioning it's the cardio so you have to be smarter this year and how you handle these guys in camp you know that's peak at the right time and, and just be patient and not get a lot of guys hurt just from soft tissue injuries alone. You know, I've kind of backed off a little bit on my schedule, lightening up a little bit because we have six extra practices without the preseason games. So we have a little more time than, than we think now. So uh, just trying to be cautious. That's the plan. No preseason, but you'll open the regular season. Let's keep our fingers crossed that this happens against the Cincinnati Bengals. Can't wait for football to be back. Best of luck, and we're enjoying watching you and the Rams on Hard Knocks. Coach, thank you very much. Go get it, Coach. Yeah, Go get it. This morning, guys. All right. Take care, Keith. All right. Good luck, Coach. All right. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including Anthony Lynn Key, joined us on the Shell Pennzoil performance You do line. realize I had a box <laughs> with my name. The Key Box. <laughs> Man, that's what, you, what, what did you think was going to happen? Why are you getting so angry? I'm just because you're bringing it back. <laughs> you're you making me, you know. He was right, though. I go in that locker. I said, Sean, the hell are you doing? Sean Payton. Yeah, Sean Payton, coach of the head coach of New Orleans Saints, was on the staff with, with all of us in Dallas. And, and so that was the first time Sean had me as a player, but all of them had me. Todd Haley had me before, Maurice Carthon, obviously Bill Parcells, Coach Lynn. And they used to remind Sean, I said, man, you better get that dude the ball. Man. How many touches? How many touches did you want? Uh, attempts. It didn't necessarily need to be touches. It could be attempts. Okay. Every possession I needed at least two attempts, depending on how the flow was going. Wow, two. What's wrong with that? If we Nothing. got an eighty-yard drive, you better give me the damn ball. At least try. <laughs> How was your running game back then? It was powerful. Yeah. But but I'm a type of player, Z and Jay, that I can understand if it's going good running the ball. That's what we gonna do. Now I'm gonna pound you as a corner all day long because we gonna run right up my butt, and that's what we gonna do. <laughs> but if that's not working. Key time. <laughs> oh, reliable. <laughs> the box. He was out of the box. Literally and figuratively. And it, all, all it took was halftime, right? Not even the whole game. Just I'm going to give you opportunity the first two quarters. <laughs> I'm just, that's just real. But they, as a coaching staff, they knew the player. 
So it wasn't it wasn't like that. It wasn't like mean spirited. Right. They knew the fire. You know, I'm gonna catch you with say something to you. I'll tell you a whole lot of stories off air. You can be like, oh my God. <laughs> As they say, save them for me. Mishan. <laughs> we know the player. You said we know the player. Well, we know the player that is LeBron. Most everybody here thinks he's a top five player of all time. Except for Paul Pierce, you'll hear his comments next and then our comments about the King being outside of the top five if the Blazers can knock off the Lakers. Wait till you hear this, the truth, bringing it strong. Or is he bringing it crazy? We'll let you decide. But first, we got a little something here from Pennzoil J. Here's a fact for you. Not all synthetic motor oils are created the same. Crude oil is like a bag of mismatched rocks. Nobody likes that. All different sizes and shapes coming together. Natural gas is more like a bag of marbles. All uniform in size and shape designed to work together, reducing friction in your engine. That's why Pennzoil reinvented motor oil. They started with natural gas, not crude. Pennzoil synthetic base oil is 99.5% free from the impurities you find in crude oil. So the next time you need to change your oil, remember to ask for Pennzoil Synthetic Motor Oil made from natural gas. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear testing using SAE 5W-30. Ask for it at the Mopar Service Center at your local Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram dealership. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. One crazy thing from Paul Pierce, hang tight. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Goodyear. Goodyear knows why we all love basketball. It's diving for the loose ball. It's jumping for a block shot. It's driving the lane and rising up for a dunk. We love basketball because we love to move. What moves you, Goodyear, more driven? Are the Blazers driven to go up 2-0 on the Lakers tonight on ESPN Radio? Coverage starts at 8 Eastern. And if that happens and the Lakers look like they might be ousted in the first round, our Paul Pierce, NBA champion himself, essentially says, I got to move LeBron out of the top five ever, even though this would just be one first-round exit. By the way, LeBron has never lost a series in the first round. Here's the truth. If they don't win this year, LeBron's not getting any younger. This is going to be a big hit on his legacy. And I've already said he's not a top-five player of all time. If the Lakers don't win a championship, let alone lose in the first round, I don't want to hear none of this GOAT talk no more. Okay, so LeBron is 13-0 in the first round with all the teams he's played for in his career. Let's Paul get- got to stop drinking before he goes on air, man. <laughs> man, stop, man. <laughs> what is he doing? Well, look, Z, he, he is a top-five player of all time, period. We can I mean, all agree just, with that. Right? We can all agree with that. 
here's the here's the the problem though in Los Angeles. Yeah, he's got a lot to to prove because when you look at it, he's coming in. There's a Kobe factor. Right, we're looking for a championship. You're supposed to deliver the championship, but not only that. Led from a from a legis a, a, a what <laughs> a what <laughs> a legacy standpoint gotcha. in L.A. Gotcha. You got a duel of magic. In the captain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Statues outside the Staples Center. Kobe and Shaq, Kobe right. and Powell, Jerry and Jerry West, and Will Chamberlain. Right. Now you got AD and LeBron. You just put Powell so we, in that conversation? Man, said, Powell was cooking when he played for the Lakers. Man, but, stop, but you man. Put I said duel. You put, stop. Powell, you put Powell Gasol stop. with Kobe and Shaq? I said duel. Kareem? So as far as the duels go, he got AD. And we expecting him to take care of business. What? And if he doesn't deliver that... Stay over here. Why, I'm, I'm staying he over here. If he doesn't deliver that, that's going to be problematic to the L.A. fan base. That's all I'm saying. If you're, if you're watching on television, I should be, I should be sitting between these two guys. I'm, I'm not mad. I just <laughs> lost track of everything he said after so he you said telling me, you you're telling me Powell wasn't cooking during the championship? I didn't say that. but Okay, so that, what are you talking about then? Because you put Powell Gasol in the same conversation. It's a duel. What you, okay, so, are you gonna, so hey, you just want because me you to yell take, doesn't make you right, my fella. Do you want me to take... Powell out and put in Andrew Bynum, I'll do I, that. No, I wouldn't. So what do you want me to do? I, I wouldn't Bynum. put in Powell. I wouldn't put oh, in Bynum. Powell. went to your high school, but go ahead. I, I wouldn't put in Powell with Kobe and Shaq and Kareem and Magic. And- We're talking about duels at the Lakers is what I'm saying. Nationally, his legacy not touched. Locally, regionally, in L.A., we want him to be with those guys. Jeez, this dude here. I'll be curious to what fans think about him saying that. We should go to a caller. Well, let's do it because Paul Pierce said he would be out of the top five with the loss. These two guys are essentially saying he would be firmly in their top five. Dante in Washington, Legacy. he's saying, I love this. Look. Not only is Key wrong, according to Dante, Jay's wrong as well, which means I'm probably right. I'm the only guy here. So Dante in Washington, Key and Jay are wrong. Why? Because they don't know what they're talking about. They're too young. <laughs> they're too young. They're too no. young. Man, you sound like you're 25. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? Nah, 16? Nah, nah, Slim, hold, hold fast. I came and see you play when you was in college your freshman year. Mm-hmm. I was a fan of you. I'm still a fan of you, but you don't know nothing about basketball. You're too young. <laughs> you're going to tell me LeBron James is a top five player? First of all, let's look at the examination that we can do of the game itself. The game is nowhere near as physical. Oh, you can't say that. Okay, can, can I interrupt you oh, for yes, a second? No, wait, hold on, brother. I'm going to let you finish talking. That's, a, that's like saying, oh, like what happened 20 years ago, the game is in a way better place than it was 20 years ago. The place the game is in, we're talking about the player, Jay. See? So when you were like 10 years old when Leonard Truck Robinson was playing and Larry Bird was fighting in the paint, you know what I'm saying? You weren't really observant of those types of style of basketball. <laughs> we got you. We got you. We got to let you go, Don. We're done for the day. Man, you bring it, man. Bob Cousy, too. Huh? Oh, I get it. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. He put you guys on notice. Did he sway you at all? I doubt it. No. Hey, <laughs> dude, just talking. We'll wrap up our very first week tomorrow. Key, J, and Z. 6 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. Russell's better than Shaq. No, stop. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J, Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.